a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. We have all experienced extreme life events that impact how you act and react to new situations that may trigger that trauma. But what happens when you've experienced a bunch of traumatic events, especially when it comes to relationships that cause you to question yourself when dating to find a future mate? A pile up of negative life events like past abusive relationships and growing up in a dysfunctional family, they all compound upon each other, right? And they all negatively affect romantic encounters. And sometimes you don't even realize how it's impacting you. So I'm going to get a little psychological on you, as I often do, being the therapist and putting my hat on, because I think it's really important in what we're about to talk about today. So here's the thing. Our brain, our brain wiring is such that if you have unprocessed trauma or you know what you hear often referred to as PTSD symptoms or experience chronic ongoing stressful situations you are likely to get triggered into states of three areas, fight, flight, or freeze, the three Fs, when you encounter situations that remind you of the original trauma or an ongoing stressor situations, which your brain translates as almost the same, right? So you'll have that response similar to whatever the trauma is. And this can result in a lot of different behaviors that negatively impact your dating choices and experiences, and even when you're in relationships. So let's talk about flight. Flight is when you might kind of avoid dealing with problems. You might panic, act impulsively, or you're totally running away from intimate or emotional situations. And Believe it or not, this is especially true if you actually start getting close to someone who might be right for you. Why? Because you don't trust it, right? It feels different because you're used to something else. So that's flight. Fight is you might start attacking people, right? Your partner, your date. It could be verbally, physically, maybe like you just get short with them. You might rage on them, blaming them for things, Um, you might even find yourself being controlling or demanding or not letting things go. This is kind of like the boxing gloves that you put on because you're trying to ward off against another trauma. And the third F is freeze. Now freeze is, you know, it looks like a lot of different things, but here's the thing. Like you might just feel helpless feeling unable to act, you shut down completely, and then you might just disengage, right? Like you can disconnect from your date, your partner, um, just doing the dating thing. And this paralyzation is something where it can really cause like a rabbit hole for yourself. Because if you're frozen, and then as more time goes on, then it gets harder to actually take action and get unfrozen, And that might occur where you shut down and you just stay frozen with fears because you'd rather watch Netflix than get hurt again. You you see my point? So 
listen to those three, the fight, the flight, the freeze. Do any of these sound familiar to you? And if so, you may be like the woman I'm about to bring on who's having some challenges when it comes to progressing on dates, regulating her flirting, and getting past her past to attract the right kind of love. So I hope today to help her make some small steps to break some of the patterns that are keeping her stuck. Welcome, Margaret. Are you there? Yes, I am. Well, hello there. Thanks for coming on. Hello. Thank hello. you for having me. Yeah, I was so excited. I'm I mean, so I excited. A, yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, I had the pleasure of t- having a breakthrough call with you and I I remember you and there was so much that we kind of unpacked, but I want to help you even more. Um, and so maybe just tell everyone a little bit about you, you know, your, your age and, and some of the things that you have been dealing with and, and the challenges you're having. Okay. Well, I actually work in healthcare. So um, with that being working in healthcare with the COVID crisis situation going on, you know, we see a lot of um, death and dying and mm. uh, that type of, of thing that you're dealing with daily. Then you turn around and you've got, um, I was in an abusive relationship and was married to this man for 11 years. And I understand that many people are going, why in the world would you stay? But for me, you know, I I felt uh, when I got married that I was married for life. And for me to actually physically get a divorce was like for me breaking my biblical um, vows, his physical abuse, mental abuse. Emotional abuse was a lot to take into for 11 years, but it wasn't until uh, I was actually physically assaulted with my child in my arms that I was able to break free to put my wrap my brain around the fact that he was going to kill my child or me. And mm. I was there to protect my children. So I made that decision at that time to file for divorce, put a restraining order on him, which turned out to be just a piece of paper, but that's a whole nother story. And there was just a lot of trauma with him trying to come back and still harm me, even with that restraining order, just the, the ongoing, you know, you can't make it, you'll never make anything of yourself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. And all that I feel like has played a huge role in my dating process. Yeah. Oh my. First of all, thank you for sharing that. That is, I'm um, so sorry that happened to you. And I mean, it just takes a lot of courage to talk about it. And I think there's so many people listening to this that can relate. So yeah, like I am interested in how it has impacted your dating. For me, for dating, you know, I don't have a problem meeting a guy, finding a guy, talking to a guy. Sometimes I get a little reluctant in flirting with a gentleman. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just because, you know, it's like putting myself out there. It's that vulnerability that I struggle with at times. Then if we get to where we're dating more consistently and he does anything, anything that throws up any type of red flag that shouldn't even be a red flag in most people's eyes, it will send me to a spiral of, I got to go. This isn't working out. It's not for me. Mm, I'm out. Yeah. I'm gone. (laughs) I'm I'm. I'll see you later. Don't raise your voice at me. I can't deal with it. I've now come to the point that I will actually tell them in advance. One of my questions when I first start dating somebody is, how do you deal with anger? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we we may work on that. Um, But thank you for sharing. That's important to know. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> I know because it sounds crazy, but <laughs> when they start screaming and yelling, I can't, I got to, it's like it's over. It's not even, a, I don't even want to waste my time if you're going to be a screamer and a yeller and you're going to yell at me. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah, no. And and I so appreciate where you're coming from. And, you know, a lot of people do that. You know, you see profiles or you, you know, where it says, and guys do this too. Like if they've had bad experiences, they'll report out what they don't want, right? Like they'll say, and no drama queen, please. Or no high maintenance, please. You know, and no anger issues, please. But <laughs> the truth of the matter is that that's not going to ward off the anger, or the high maintenance or anything like that. All, all people see is, oh boy, like there's issues here. It, it comes out <laughs> as just like warning, warning, warning for the recipients <laughs> or for the dater. So I, I have some ideas around that, but keep going, keep going. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, um, and I really feel like some of these guys could have been probably a really good choice for me had I given them the chance to go further mm-hmm. and I not just ran away. And I get, you know, the last one I dated, I got into just basically where I was just dis- disengaging myself in the relationship. Like I was just, you know, he was using more emotional, like, oh, you can't, you can't do this. Or if you knew how to do this, you wouldn't do, you wouldn't be doing this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that just, that just really worked on my brain. It just really broke my self-esteem. Yet I couldn't run from him, but I couldn't, like, I couldn't get away. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. And when I finally made that break, I mean, he still texts me every single month and tells me how many months it's been since we broke up. You know, he's still driving by this house looking to see if I'm home or whatever. I mean, the neighbors are concerned about it, the stalking that he's doing. And yet I know if I, you know, if I put a restraining order on him, it's only going to cause more problems because I've already done that in the past. I know how that turned out for me. Mm. And I, you know, I want to start dating again, but I also don't want, you know, and I, I've basically clearly stated to him in a text message and by phone, this is over. I'm not interested. We need to move on in different directions. We both seek different things in life. It's just, you know, I don't even know how to even go to find a high quality man that is real, that has the qualities that I want, that I can relate to without backing out or running away. Or let's just throw it all in there. I've got all the three F's, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Margaret, I love you. (laughs) With the fear of it all. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's one big F mushed together. It's like capital F with all three. Um, Well, let's start here. So I have a question. Now, when you're, because that's a good question. Like you don't, you said, well, I don't even know where or how to find a high quality man. In fact, you, you probably haven't experienced it like you and I were talking before. And what, um, when you're looking for a guy, what, what are some of those high quality, you know, characteristics that you're looking for? What do you get attracted to? What I get attracted to normally. Okay. Because I'm in healthcare, I make decent money. The last guy I was dating basically was dating me because of my money. It, It was, you know, he had an, an older vehicle and, you know, a house was in disrepair, whatever. He would come over every weekend 
and expect me to drive him around and entertain him all freaking weekend. And I was doing this every single weekend for several years, okay? And I was like, this is ridiculous. This is not what I want to do. Like, I want weekend, you know, he never had money to do anything. It was always on my dime. Mm. And so I feel like I... I attract the ones that don't have money. I are dependent on me. Like I don't want to be them to be dependent on me. I want to be an equal or maybe dependent on them. You know, like mm-hmm. I want it to be an equal relationship. I want it to be, let's go in the kitchen and cook dinner together, or let's sit on the couch and watch a movie, or let's go hiking for, you know, or let's take a getaway. We can get away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something to, you know, that we both enjoy doing. Let's go, you know, let's go see Noah's Ark because that's something I would like to see. Like, I would like to go to Noah's Ark to see Noah's Ark because I've never been there. And it's not like a huge travel time to get there. It is indoor, COVID's present, but, you know, maybe I won't really want to do that right now. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I mean, I think the point (laughs) is what you're saying is that to you right now, you're defining a high quality man as somebody who, like, gives back to you, right? Like there's reciprocity in the relationship and not a bunch of takers, which you have been obviously notoriously attracting. And so I'm just going to kind of call you out a little bit because that's not asking for much. And maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Right. I mean, and probably in healthcare, Uh we are tending to want to fix everybody and everything. Yes. That could be part of my problem is that, you know, I see this and I'm like, oh, I can try to fix this or I can try to do something with this or whatever. Well, here's the thing, Margaret, is that, and and that's what I, I guess I was leading to is that your confidence lives in helping people, right? And mm-hmm. so you know how to do that. Like, you know how to be that giver which mm-hmm. often attracts the teacher, right? And so right. It, it's a conundrum, right? Because you know that your default button is to go into that role of, oh, you know, I'll make the man feel good and I'll do this and I'll do that. But you're not letting the man earn you enough. And I guess that's what I'm saying is like just having somebody who can give back to you, like that's first and foremost, right? Like there's so much more you should be demanding for yourself. And I, so the, so like going back to that caregiver role, like has that been always the case with you? Like even before your ex, had, had that been kind of uh, an ascribed role growing up? Oh yeah, because I was a middle child. Okay, so my sister, my older sister, love her to death. My parents both worked, so we were those latchkey kids that came home and took care of ourselves for three hours every day after school. Oh. And we were responsible for making sure supper was on the table when the parents walked in the door. Supper had to be cooked and ready. And my sister enjoyed reading. So I enjoyed, I got to enjoy cooking before I got to eat burnt food. I like my food. Okay. So I learned how to cook. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> because we got in trouble if the food was burnt. A, I don't like getting yelled at and screamed at, you know, because my parents were very, uh, my dad was had a very um, deep voice, and mm. you just didn't make him mad. You just did. That was just you know, and you get grounded or you get put in time out or whatever. You know, it was kind of grounding was a big thing um, in my day. I just didn't like to do that. And then I had a younger sister who, if my older sister was supposed to be take, watching her, like we're supposed to. You know, we basically I have to take care of her too because my older sister was in a book and the world could burn, the house could burn down around her and she'd never move from that book. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Still to this day, that is true. Okay. So your role, I mean, think about the connection. And I'm I, I don't know if you've thought about this, but you know, you it started kind of in your upbringing where if you were the provider, the caregiver, just like make dad happy, you know, not just, you know, keep the peace kind of thing. Then, uh-huh. then nothing, you know, hopefully nothing would happen. And so moving forward, y- your brain and you have learned that, well, if I just focus on helping other people, then I won't have this trauma again. I won't get the abuse. I won't get that. But in fact, it's creating it, right? Like your, your brain is almost kind of programmed to be attracted to those kind of people because you're familiar with it. Not, mm-hmm. you know, not that it's like something intentional that you're doing, but you're like, oh, I know this, like this feels familiar. I'll just kind of fall into here because maybe this will prevent from the yelling and all that stuff. So it's, it's like this tug of war in your head that you're doing is like what you want. You also fear and you're trying to figure it out. And it's, it's so hard, you know, like after there's been that pattern for so long, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Because it has been going on for such a long time. So the real question then becomes, well, how do how do you break the pattern, right? It's just programming. And it and nothing happens overnight, but it it's learning how to change your approach in the beginning phases while you're going out there and dating and really paying attention to some of the signs and you dating differently, not dating harder, but dating just smarter. Because like, to your point, like you, you just haven't experienced it. It's foreign to you. Like for you to sit down, like, I mean, I think that'd be a really good first step in figuring out like, what is a, what does really a high quality mean? to you, like a high quality guy, like, yeah, somebody who could give back to you, but, but what else? Like, what does he look like and feel like, what are you doing together? You know, like that would be a great exercise. I don't know if you've ever done that before. Well, you know, I I want that compassion, caring, and I can get other qualities that I like. That's usually not the, the case of finding the guy. It's just the fact that I always get the ones that want to be the takers or lazy or they'll have the other qualities that I'm looking for. I went on a date a couple of weeks ago and the, you know, the guy was like, and I chose to drive to his city instead of him driving to my city because it's like, I still got this stalker going on down here. Okay. I sure don't need them to get meet each other. Okay. Cause I don't want to run him off with the stalker. Mm-hmm, <laughs> <Okay>. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wait, was that the only reason why you chose to meet him? Cause you just don't want to be in the, in the same town. Yeah. Cause I just okay. didn't want to be in the same town. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, just because if something, if this other guy met up with this guy, you know, I don't know how that would have went down and I don't want to be a part of that. So anyhow, I chose to meet him in his town. Okay. And so I drove to meet him in his town. Well, you know, he called me to find out if I, if I, cause I, I'm directionally challenged and I tell everybody I am up front, you know, we all know it. It's not like a joke or secret. So I told him I was directly, directly challenged. So he called me on my way there to make sure that I knew which exit to take and whatever to get to the meeting spot you know we had dinner everything went great we had a really nice time and then when I left you know I started home what you know he texted me on my way home to make sure that I knew how to get home he first asked me if I knew how to go which of course I did and uh, so then halfway through he texted me and said 
Are you still on the right track? Are you on your way home? Are you, have you got there yet? Are you safe? Mm. Oh, what is this? And then when I got home, about 10 minutes later, he called to check, make sure that I had got home safely, that I was home and got home safely. I was shocked because nobody really cared if I ever got home safely before. Mm. <laughs> You're probably like, wait, what, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> he actually is checking on me. I don't know this. Yeah. Okay. So what happened? So, you know, I told him, yeah, I got home safe and you know, we're going out again. It's not, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, but you know, it's, you know, the qualities of that caring, compassion that I want someone that's going to be beside me through thick and thin, through Mm -hmm. the good times, through the bad times, through the, Mm -hmm. I don't know what times, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody that's going to be there um, to support me, but also for me to support them. Someone that's going to be there when life just throws you curveballs, mm-hmm. you know, when the times get tough, you know, I seem, I can't seem to find that guy yet. I haven't found him yet. Right. You know, so I, like with this one guy, just going back to this one situation, I, does, does he seem like that, that you would give him a chance to be that kind of guy for you? Yeah. I mean, I'll, that's why we're going on a second date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll give him a chance until they raise their voice, you know. Like, mm. I did ask him how he handled anger, too, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> What's well, good that he, he still checked on you after that. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. You're so funny. Okay. Well, no, and, and it's it, it's true. Like, and the other question I have, and, and then we can start getting into some ideas for you, is, like, have you had a period of time where you just dated without getting attached you know, in other words, not dated in order to find a boyfriend, but dated to just kind of learn about you and do things differently. I did a period of absolutely no dating mm-hmm. just to try to refocus on myself and date mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. And then I did a period of dating several guys at the same time, which that was a um, a recommended thing to do, which turned out to be a joke for me because I couldn't keep up with guy A, back guy B, or guy C. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I decided that wasn't working for me because I couldn't even keep their their name straight, much less what their occupation was or mm-hmm. where they lived or, you know, whatever, like how many kids they had or trying and I'm just not good at dating a bunch of people at the same time. I tried that. That didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So um, when you were dating, question about that period, when you were dating of multiple people, were you focused on trying to find the one, like which guy would be the right guy for you? You know, that was probably a thought in my mind, but I was just mm-hmm. doing it to have fun. All I can think of is how I, I asked one guy about his wrong kids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay. So you had that period of time though, where you, you dated. Okay. And then where you're at now, like how often are you dating and and what's your focus when you meet these guys? Um, Right now I'm just kind of out looking. Mm -hmm. If I find the right person, it's great. If I don't, it's all right too. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not dead set that I have to have somebody at this point waiting to find the man that just totally steals my heart the qualities that I actually want in life but there's so much to learn about them it's just you don't just get it on one or two dates you've got to date them a little bit longer than that so I'm actually dating or went out on a date recently with one gentleman I'm getting ready to go out on the same date again another date with him and then I've got a gentleman that I'm talking to on a dating app that 
will probably be going out. Um, I did go out with another gentleman a couple weeks ago, but it just wasn't something that I felt I wanted to get involved with because Mm -hmm. to me, for me, it felt like he was going to be a taker of my energy. Like I was not being considered first place. Like I felt like I was second or third uh-huh. Uh-huh. behind family or, and I, their family's important, don't get me wrong. But, and he was a caregiver to his parents, but his parents were first priority. I didn't feel like that I could be second priority against his family. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You want to really find a situation where you're feeling first. And right. really be catered to and, and have that reciprocity, like you said, with the partner and have the time for it as well, because mm-hmm. that, that is a time suck. Okay. So the other, the final thing, and then I do have some ideas for you is that when, when you're mostly meeting these guys online, I assume. Yes. Okay. Are you doing anything else in ways of meeting guys? Like your, like what's your social circle like? Like, are you thinking about different arenas to meet other people. Okay. Well, I work with a large group of ladies <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> and everybody has friends, but I refuse to go out with, you know, there's several more trying to fix me up with a physician. I've refused to go out with a physician because, you know, we all know that that just is not a good thing for me. I don't want to go out with someone I'm working with. Okay. Right. Right. No, I understand that. It, yeah. It's just not, in my cards. It doesn't make me feel the right way. And for other women, that's wonderful. They should be able to do that. But when you have to work with somebody, you don't want to date them in that same pool. So I try to steer clear of all that. Mm-hmm. I also try to, you know, watch like my family, you know, we they have friends and whatever. And I've talked to some of their friends or whatever. My neighbors have friends and I've talked to some of them. But you know, I'm very, I try to watch who I date and how it's going to affect that friendship. Does that make sense? Like if it's a yeah. close friend of mine and, and they got a friend they are introducing me to, I'll meet them. But that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going on a date with them because I don't want to ruin that friendship if this date doesn't work. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You, so there's, okay. So there's a lot of things here and I'll try to get like, simple, right? Like, obviously we're not going to crack the code in, in, in one podcast, but I do think starting to do like a different approach and just perspective on it might be like a step in the right direction. Um, my last question, I know I said that the last time, but I just, something just came up as you were talking. Do you have an awareness of your body language? Like when you're with men and like when you're out and about? In what way are you talking? Like, do you like look at other guys? Are you smiling? Are you comfortable like in your body, you know, when you're with men or do you, do you have kind of like a guard up, maybe a little stiffer, not trusting, you know, like waiting for somebody where you'll kind of give that to them. Do you know what I mean? I have a tendency. Okay. So because of my past relate, my past fear, my past experiences. Okay. I have a tendency to constantly monitor the room. And that's not looking at men. It's just constantly monitoring the brain, right. especially when I'm in a in a um, different environment than what I'm used to being in, if that makes sense. So if I'm at a restaurant I've never been to, I'm going to constantly be looking around the room because I don't know that environment and I don't feel comfortable in that environment, which 
already automatically puts me on edge because yeah. of that. Yes. Okay. This And this is I, the reason why I asked it because it's a really common thing with what you're saying. And there's a word for what you're referring to. It's called hypervigilancy. And a lot of times people develop that when you grow up in a home like you did, because I mean, you were waiting. It was, it, it's like being in a war. you never know where and when the bomb is going to go off. So you're constantly looking around to see like, is this safe? You know, can I step here? You know, that kind of thing. And again, it's just a way of you, you kind of got programmed as well. And so like a lot of the things you're talking about, there's a lot of detective work that you're doing. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know, like whether it be moving in a room or a situation with a guy and, you know, I'd be interested in seeing like how you're vetting guys online and that kind of thing. And some of it is super important. I mean, you, you have to be smart about things, right? Because, of, uh-huh. you know, there are, there are dangerous situations and, you know, I think you're trying to, like you said, ward off and prevent from something happening again. But with that, you're also might be closed off and missing opportunities to get closer to somebody or even just like be in an interaction with somebody. And, and I think you said that in the beginning. So I know that's kind of the, the tug of war. Okay. So here's the first thing. I think that, you know, like I said to you before, like you started saying more things as you were thinking about your quality guy. Like I, lo- I love that. I mean, I, I think just writing down what and visualizing what that beautiful partner would look like for you. And just like, you know, sometimes I have people even do visuals of it. Like you can cut out pictures on magazines. You can use Pinterest to do it. Like I would love a visual for yourself and just write down all these things that you're looking for in a person. It could be a celebrity or like a character that you see in a movie, you know, whatever that, that looks like for you. So I think get really clear on that. Um, the second thing is you are, you're so used to focusing on, first of all, A, is this a safe situation? And B, what has this guy got? And am I giving him a good time? And that kind of thing. After each date, I actually want you to go home and journal about what you feel. Not how the date went. And where you went and all the details. I actually want you pulling in and saying, wow, how did I feel on that date? Was he listening? Was I excited? Was I nervous? Was I confused? Was I scared? Like really start getting selfish a little bit and and start focusing on you more rather than outside yourself. I think there's a lot of focus outside, you know, just given some of the stuff you've been through. Does that make sense? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And I I truly feel that that past, my past really resonates in my future. Yes. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and that's why like, just maybe focusing on just having a different focus right now will really serve you. And, and I want you just paying attention to how you feel when you're around someone. So like that guy who was checking on you to and from the date, like, how did that feel? Like maybe part of you felt really just like wowed and surprised that somebody would care for you. And maybe there was a part of you that felt mistrusting, like, wait a second, where's this coming from fear? Right. Right. Like, 
is it, what does he want from me? What's he doing? You know, like there, there could be that, that, you know, right. Fight or flight thing. Yeah. So write down all those feelings. And then on the other side of the piece of paper, when you write down the feelings, try to come up with the trigger. Like what's triggering that actual feeling that you're having in that moment. So like you, you mentioned fear, like what is the fear attached to, for instance? I don't know. Cause I, it, it was, it felt so strange that that was happening. Okay. So that's, that's really good that you just said that like you, you're, you're not even sure of why that is. Uh-huh. And, and maybe that's part of the journey, like really taking a look at what that means for you. And, you know, like, could it have been that you feel like there's an ulterior motive with him? Do you feel like he might be like smothering and that scares you? You know, like what, what is it? And, and sometimes even just writing it down and just, I, I call it brain dumping a bunch uh-huh. of ideas there, you might start seeing some things for yourself because your body gets so frozen, right? Like the three F thing that you, you lose context of really what these feelings are attached to. And I think that's super important for you to slow down. And as you're dating, pay attention to that because that's going to help you. And I know that like on my way there, you know, like he asked me like, what are you close to whatever? And which I was very, very familiar with that because my dad, an amazing man, mm-hmm. was able to, I could pick up the phone, told you directly challenge, could pick up the phone and say, I'm lost. I need to know how to get here or there or wherever. And he would say, Where, what's your mile marker? He always has a mile marker, mile marker and what road I was on. And he would say, okay, in so many exits, you're going to ha- you're going to take this exit whatever, and and it's going to be in four exits or two exits or whatever. So that, you know, was really scary that this guy was able, you know, like it, that was a very um, reassuring on the way there. But on the way home, I was kind of like, oh, you want to know if I got home safe? No one's ever asked me if I got home safe Mm -hmm. other than my mama. Oh my God. That's so powerful. Do you, do you hear, do you hear that connection with your dad? Yeah. Yeah. Like write that down. Like that's huge, you know? So in, in your body, in your mind, oh my God, someone's checking on me. There's this, you know, association with what dad did. Is this guy going to be like dad? Like in very simple terms, right? Like it could be just something that your brain's translating. But that might be part of the fear that's coming up for you. So yeah, no, that's super important. And what I would say is that like when you're in those situations, if there's enough other good things there, like how you're giving him a second chance and a second date, I love that. Like I, I would try to hang in there as long as there's enough good stuff to see how you feel on the second date, the third date, the fourth date, and keep journaling and, and see if there's patterns for you with him. You know, if there's red flags that start coming up, to, you know, you can jot them down. But I always say people are innocent until proven guilty. And the only way you're going to know that is not to try to guess and, and do detective work, but to really let people show you who you are, who, who they are. 
right? And, and it's uh-huh. the action piece that you're going to pay attention to rather than you trying to do all the guesswork. You're used to doing all the guesswork because you had to. But I don't want you to feel like you have to do that with these guys. It's more like, uh-huh. hey, buddy, what do you got for me? Like, do his actions match his words? Does he say what he means and mean what he says? Does he care about you? Does he ask about you? Like, those are the things to pay attention to. And instead of just dismissing because there's a little, like, red flag, hang in there and see if it's something that's just more your ghost of the past versus the reality, right? And and, and that's all you can do. So I call it data dating. Like, just collect data without, like, having to make a knee-jerk reaction. Okay. Okay. And then the final thing I will say is I really want you practicing receiving. And what I mean by that is not just from men, like, you know, if you have the opportunity throughout your day with, with coworkers, with family members, with dates, allow them to do things for you and really provide a space for that. If somebody wants to cook you dinner, go for it. If someone opens a door for you, thank you very much. Right. And really get comfortable receiving because that's, that's also something foreign to you. And the more you allow space for that without having the knee jerk reaction, it's same with flirting, by the way, rather than chasing it and going full force or then shutting down, how can you pace it out and get used to receiving that energy? And it could start with you walking in a room and instead of being worried about who's in the room, just smiling just smiling. See who receives your smile without having anybody have ulterior motives. What is it like for someone to receive your smile and give it back to you? I can do that. I know you can do that. (laughs) Right. Like (laughs) that's the thing. Like I I feel like you just, you need strategies and just really simple things because otherwise it's so overwhelming. Like how can somebody just say to you, oh, just get rid of these, you know, three Fs, you'll be fine. Well, that's great. You know, how do you do it? So I think just focusing on these small things and then, you know, I always tell people, then you gamify it, you know, then you kind of up the ante, maybe in two weeks or three weeks, you do a little bit more and then a little bit more. And I know it's hard to do on your own, but that's why I always tell people like have an accountability partner. It could be a friend. It could be, you know, a coach like me. It could be a therapist, whatever that is so that you don't fall back into your old habits. So how do you feel? (laughs) I think it, it gives me some ideas to work with and knowledge that I know, like I know what I've been doing wrong. I just don't know how to fix it. Right. Exactly. You know how to fix others. You don't know how to (laughs) fix yourself, right? Yeah. 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 You you know, you come in with, with a sore, you know, something going on. I can, I can do that, but I can't fix this. This isn't something I'm knowledgeable enough in fixing or comfortable enough to even, you know, advise my friends in. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So this is a really important question, Margaret. How do you, how do you feel right now? I'm happy. I mean, I feel it's a very doable, very doable thing to start. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that, you know, I want to be able to give guys chances. I want to be able to make them feel comfortable and yet, you know, learning how to receive is going to be very hard. I can tell you right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is, that's why I put that, I slipped that in there, you know, but start <laughs> Start simple, like even if somebody wants to help you with something on a project at work or help you with a patient, you know, like those little small things, catch yourself, 
and, and instead of just bulldoze, oh no, it's okay. I can do it myself. Stop and say, oh, why? Thank you very much. I'd love your help. Like just get, start getting in the habit. Cause the more you allow other people to give to you is when you'll create a reciprocal kind of partnership because you, you've been attracting lopsided relationships because you keep giving too much of yourself away and you're not letting people earn that back. And I do, because I do give people, you know, it's not even that. I mean, I give family and friends, you know, yeah, like you're doing it. Well, what shows up in one area of your life always leaks into others. So this isn't like a unfamiliar pattern. That's why I want you practicing receiving in every part of your life, not just with men, because it'll translate mm-hmm. everywhere. And that, and that's so important in your journey. And forget the boyfriend or trying to find the partner and ward off against you know the trauma and all that jazz. Just focus on the things I told you about and then reassess and like, you know, three weeks and then you start doing some more things because the bigger pick that, that future anxiety stuff is causing a lot of, yeah, like that's what the paralyzation. Cause it's like, oh my God, there's so much just, yeah, just do these little things. They'll add up. Yeah. Cause if I do, if I look at the whole picture, I'm like, oh no, I don't need to do this anymore. I'm going to, I can find somebody else. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so you either shut down or you swipe another guy, right? Like, cause then you're not, it's, it's easier to just keep swiping than to really focusing, you know? And so, oh, yeah, yes, I, I, I know that's exactly <laughs> the copy, right? Like, you get, oh, oh wait. And I just want to mention as just full circle, as we're closing out, um, do not ask anymore. How do you handle anger? <laughs> like I know with this guy, at least he took it well, but there are other ways instead of asking about how they handle anger just notice how they handle anger. You'll see it. Like, how do they treat the waiters and waitresses? How do you see things show up in different ways in the action? Because here's the thing, Margaret, like a guy who can't handle his anger, often they can't even say that out loud. Like they don't even know that they have a problem with it. So it's not going to like ward off against that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. abusive guys and, and phys- they, they think they're fine. A lot of times they don't <laughs> you're right. Like they, they're not going to say, Oh, you know what, Margaret, I have a hard time with anger. No, because those, those guys actually have done the work, right? It's the guys that haven't done the work. Don't see it as a problem. So get that out of your conversation, <laughs> flirt and have fun, tell stories, journal your feelings, smile, and and just take it one step at a time. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Well, I thank appreciate you. It. You are so welcome. And I'm excited for you. And and definitely keep me posted on your journey, okay? I sure will. Okay. And thank you for joining me today. You listening, this has been the Charisma Quotient. And I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com, as always. And when you're listening to this and you realize that maybe your past is affecting your dating life, hop on a free call with me personally by clicking on the link you see in the show notes to book a free call, and I will help you map out a plan in doing so just like I did with Margaret. So until then, remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now. 